You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Systematic Geekology. Welcome, Systematic Geekologist. Welcome to another episode of What's New. And I personally feel like uh, What's New is like an ever-changing, accelerating, faster and faster being that I can't keep up with. But I'm glad that I have systematic ecologists like you all and the host that will be with me this evening uh, to help me process all those things that I'm geeking out on, uh, to uh, process and think through uh, the philosophical, theological dimensions of these shows that I love so much. But also, you know, if I don't like it as much or I'm disappointed in it, they can provide some pastoral care to let me know that everything is going to be okay, that everything in the world is all right uh, when it comes to family because there'll be more stuff and they're just stories and to have fun with it and to lower your expectations. And so that is what we're going to do this evening. Uh, this episode, we're going to share what's new in our lives and what we're geeking out on, but we're going to mainly focus in on the whole season of Ahsoka and that finale. And then uh, Loki season two, episode one debuted. And we're going to talk about that first episode and uh, where it's going and where it's headed. And what's that all about? You know, again, another multiverse story, timelines, pruning, time slipping, all that kind of stuff, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, so um, we're going to ask that you on this video, because we are recording this live through our YouTube channel to smash that like button and to also share with friends, hit subscribe, let people know what we're up to and what we're doing. Uh, and again, thank you. There's a lot of options out there, a lot of things happening, but you chose to spend your time with us on YouTube and with your podcast. So thanks. So without further ado, I want to invite some friends on this feed uh, they're going to help me process some some stories that I'm geeking out on. So first of all, I want to bring up my friend Kevin. There he is. Kevin, what is new with you? What have you been geeking out on? What's up? Well, uh, I love the intro music and your intro, by the way. This is like, this has got me going, but yeah. uh, I'm doing well. I was just traveling. So there's, I don't have a ton of new stuff, but I did want to mention, I saw The Creator about a week ago. That's the Ooh. new sci-fi movie from Gareth Edwards, who's the guy who did Rogue One. And actually Rogue One was his last movie before this, so it was an interesting gap there. In nice. between, usually, I mean, there are a few directors who take that kind of long gap in between projects, but uh, The Creator is an AI sci-fi movie where humans and AI you know, start a big war. And oh at this point the, the movie starts, the only area that still supports AI is this like, a futuristic version of Asia called New Asia, and the humans are—I mean, the, the, sorry, the rest of the humans and the American government are going in to try to thwart the last remnants of it and to find the original creator of the AI technology. And John David Washington plays one of these soldiers who's sent in to infiltrate, and you know his story goes from there. He ends up losing someone in the process, and. Um, goes rogue for a long time before he's brought in um, back to this mission to New Asia. And the movie as a whole, it's a mixed bag for me in terms of the script. There were big plot holes and things where I thought there could have been more of an, more of an emotional impact. But it is one of the most visually striking movies I've seen yeah, um, in a while. It, it's amazing from that end. And what's really interesting is that it's been pointed out in videos and reviews and stuff is that 
it was made on an $80 million budget, which like some of the biggest blockbusters these days are made for like three, 350 million, and they don't look nearly as good. So this was very much utilizing the resources that Gareth Edwards had and was very much um, an emphasis on quality. And that's, I think, why it took a while to make. But um, but anyway, like, yeah, there, like I said, I do have some uh, heavy criticisms of like story wise, but the acting is great. The visuals are phenomenal. And I just try to support more original films like this that aren't based on any IP. So that's why I recommend people see it. And unfortunately, yeah. like it isn't doing well at the box office. And, you know, I, 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 it, it saddens me when that happens because it sends the wrong message to Hollywood. They're like, Oh, see, we don't, you know, need no. to support original stuff. That doesn't, that doesn't make any money. So I just put that out there because I want audiences to go out and support original movies and shows that aren't based on anything previously, because, you know, even if you don't like one in particular, it'll lead more to others and um, not yeah. everything has to be based on an existing property. So that's, yeah, I know I want to, I could rattle off several others, but that's the one I wanted to focus on today because I know we got in line to the test with Ahsoka. Yeah, I um, I was going to go see that movie and I pulled up the trailer for my wife and uh, the whole AI thing and big bombs and the, everything that's going on in the world this weekend. Yeah. I was kind of like, ah, maybe yeah. I want to watch something that's not as heavy. So And that's can. fair. Yeah, yeah. I, but at the same time, though, it's actually pretty action adventure for the most part. That's the, I actually wanted it to be deeper. That's where I saw in the script. I think there were elements of that. Um, but 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 there are also, you know, elements of that in like the fascism and, you know, yeah. um, global politics. And, and and like it references a lot of sci fi movies, but it also references classic films like Apocalypse Now and Bridge on the River Kwai. And it draws influence from those. So. It's really interesting, but uh, yeah, I do get, yeah, wanting to escape as well. All right. Well, all right. I have another friend with me, so I'm going to bring him on board. He's going to tell me, Dan, Daniel, what's up? You may know him from uh, other episodes and his famous YouTube uh, channel that we want to promote. Daniel, what's the name of your YouTube channel? And then uh, what's new with you? What are you geeking out on? Oh, you're muted. You're muted. Oh, that's good. Please, Will, you're muted. It's called... <laughs> Uh, recaps with Dan and yes. yes, my Mandalorian season two video has a hundred views. So ah, I dude, it's recommend. So good. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Recaps with Dan. Good luck finding it. Yeah. But well, can I just say, I also saw the creator this weekend mm-hmm. Okay. and I liked it a lot. Yeah. I didn't quite love it a lot, but I liked it a lot. Yeah. And I think I was going in, yeah, I was going in expecting um, a conversation about AI and the ethics Mm -hmm. of AI and that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. It's not a, it's not actually about AI at all. It's, Mm -hmm. it's more, uh, uh, more about the other and and prejudice was kind of my takeaway. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So didn't, didn't love it. Enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, Very thought provoking. And someday when I feel like being sad, I'll watch it again. <laughs> that's what it is. I know. Was like, was, we were going to go see it, and I was like, I think I'm going to be sad. This movie, so uh, let's pass <laughs> on. I, there's a place for that, and there will be play. I'll probably see it. I'll watch it online. Maybe go to theaters. But this particular weekend, I was I was not there. Any other that's things fair. you're geeking out on, Dan, or that I do the lightning round? I do have one other that I'm enjoying quite a bit. Um, Gen V or Gen Gen V, I think okay. it's a spinoff of The Boys. Okay. Uh, would not recommend it for most people, especially if you're a Christian. 
<laughs> but it is uh, uh, it's a spinoff of the boys, but it revolves around a superhero college, and all the characters are uh, attending the college. They all have superpowers, no. but it really goes uh pretty deep into different um struggles and body image and um dieting and self-harm like it's pretty dark it's pretty dark yeah. i would not recommend it for most people but <laughs> i can't imagine the boys in college and and, yes. and the shenanigans that happened there boy i bet it, yeah it has me hooked it's just very dark so uh i'm sorry amazon prime but i cannot recommend the show <laughs> but it's real it's really good nice i love that great all right i'm gonna bring another friend on friend of mine james there you are hey bud how you doing whoa d mass got the log yeah, here what's 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 new what are you geeking out on you know all right, so just a few things going on in your life these days i know i'm, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna so i'm getting out. married soon so i'm i'm geeking <laughs> out on like wedding liturgy and mm -hmm. Yeah. All things, all things wedding are happening in my life right now. What's that date um, again? I need to know if I need to be there or not. November 11th. And you do need to be there. Oh, <laughs> Reverend William Rose. III. Okay. Right. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to kick it from heavy stuff to super light stuff. Cause what I've been geeking out on recently is Pokemon. All right. So I'm a huge Pokemon collector. Whoa, the air horn for Pikachu. Yeah. So uh, Pokemon recently um, did a collab with the Vincent Van Gogh Museum in the Netherlands for their 50th anniversary. And they have a whole line of merchandise, which is all sold out. I could sell this Pikachu plushie for probably like $2 million if I wanted to. Sweet. But, You're going on a um, sweet honeymoon with that money. You there was a special promo card, which mine remained sealed, that I was able to get my hands on from oh, the collection. And okay. uh, I mean, just Google like Pokemon, like Van Gogh Museum, uh, like release day. And like <laughs> it was insane. I mean, like people beat so down good. the walls of this museum, like scalpers did to like get these cards. So um, I got really lucky. So I've been I've been nerding out on all things Pokemon recently. The DLC for Scarlet and Violet called the Teal Mask just came out a few weeks ago. So an expansion of that game, a bunch of new Pokemon added back into the game, a couple totally new ones. So I've been uh, shiny hunting and working my way through uh, the land of Kitakami, collecting nice. new mods. Bam. There you go. Yeah, I'm. Um, what's new with me is that uh, it's been a busy fall. A lot of a lot of cool things coming up. Um, I'm really geeking out on. Uh, I did find uh, it's not necessarily new, but I discovered uh, Foundation on Apple Plus, which is a uh, um, Isaac Asimov uh, story that's translated into TV. Is two seasons. We're kind of halfway through that. We were going to go see the creator, and then I said, "Oh, I, I heard about this other sci-fi. This maybe not." as uh gonna make me as sad or thinking about things going on in the middle east right now so i'm gonna um pull up uh foundation and and so far uh, we're halfway through the first season and i love it good good sci-fi storytelling uh good um similar photography classic sci-fi stuff that uh, the the godfather of um sci-fi himself 
uh, put this together back in the 1940s. So yeah, it holds up. And I'm going to Theology Beer Camp next week. Going to see some fellow hosts of Systematic Ecology. Trip has laid out for us an entire stage devoted to geek stuff. There's main stage and then there's geek stage, and they may compete a little bit on a few keynoters, but uh, we have some amazing keynote talks, and then we get to process with them what they shared about um, our fandoms and pop culture and how that affects our our theology, philosophy, and how we process life, the big questions we all wrestle with. And uh, we hope to record all those things and uh, put them out as episodes and share with you at some point in the near future. So keep a look out for that. There is your ad. So there is the lightning round and Star Wars stuff. So yeah, what's new? A lot of things to choose from. A lot of fandoms, a lot of shows, a lot of comics, a lot of stuff. But what rises to the top? Was at the top of that hill? Ahsoka. The other was coming up fast? Loki, season two. So that is what we're going to talk about. Really excited about uh, my friends here, and they can help me with this because there's an inner turmoil. I'm a lifelong Star Wars fan. There is definitely uh, a struggle of light and dark when it comes to me sitting down and processing and watching Star Wars stuff. So you guys can help me. Maybe we're in the world between worlds and you can pull me aside and show me a flashback of when I was 15 and fought. No, I didn't fight at all when I was 15. I was just a punk surfer kid. But anyway, all right. So I did a poll on Facebook on our pre- Priest to the Geeks. If you're not on Facebook or not on that Priest to the Geeks uh, page, a group, come be a part of it. I did a poll and I asked some questions. What were our thoughts uh, on, on this show? And so here are the results. We had like 31 votes, which isn't bad, which isn't bad for a group of people. 25% who answered this poll said best Star Wars ever. All right. Not too bad. And then 22% said they like it, but they like Mando better. Okay, 20% gives it 10 out of 10 lightsabers as a fan of lightsabers. If you give me a show that has lots of lightsaber duels, um, I'm pretty much going to love it. So that I voted that one. I, I definitely checked uh, check that box. And then I did a couple other things like um, what I uh, suppose your um, Ahsoka folding your arms and you're not impressed. Or you're Ahsoka folding your arms and you're still processing it. Or you're Ahsoka process uh have your arms folded and you're looking at your friend you don't know what to say or you're ahsoka with your arms folded oh wait i could go on and on forever but that was the results i think most um of the fandom around star wars if and i feel like i have the pulse on on the fandom of star wars most will say this is this is really good star wars storytelling this is this is a good series it's not without its problems or nitpicks when it comes to characters and story arcs and and dialogue and pacing but as a whole i think people really liked it and they wanted more and so and they want more and that's the sign of a good show then it ends you're like man i wish there was more there can't wait to see what happens next and for me uh, if you're doing that with a TV show or a fandom, then then really you're doing a job well done. So let's go around the horn. And, you know, guys, um, again, we could spend till nine o'clock tonight talking about this. But what is your initial kind of like minute and a half hot take on this show in your feelings after it was done? And then we'll get into some nuance of the characters and story plots and where it's going to go. So, all right, here we go. Uh, James, I'm going to start with you. Um, what what is, what is your, your minute and a half hot take on on this show? Oof. Oh man, I so I love this show um, for so many different reasons. Uh, introducing 
these characters into the mainstream of Star Wars fandom um, was really awesome to watch happen for me. I thought the show um, did a great job at answering a lot of questions only to open up a new entire mm. subset of questions that like mm-hmm. is going to make people really want to come back. I also think it it did a good job at uh, what it said it wasn't supposed to do. Um, so all of the all of the press around it was you don't need to to watch Star Wars Rebels or Clone Wars before <laughs> this show happens to make sense. Uh-huh. But yep, if yep. you watch this show, you're probably going to want to go back <laughs> mm-hmm. and understand all of these connections. So I'd, it would be interesting to see uh, what like the numbers for streaming for like Rebels and Clone Wars are on Disney Plus like post this show wrapping up. Because yep. I think people are going to want more and more is already available. It's just more in the past. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, for me, there were some pacing issues. Um, there were some episodes that felt super duper duper slow um a whole lot to do um around not a whole lot of movement um but that's that's neither here nor there i ended up i think uh, really loving the show i love we talked about last last time we got together will on one of these yeah. podcasts, um the baptism moment that came um yeah. for Ahsoka, uh, so some super powerful uh, christian imagery there now some some holy trinity themes mm-hmm. with going back to the mortis gods that i'm sure yeah. we could we could get lost in the weeds mm-hmm. on and a whole new sort of a <laughs> series of questions around that. So that's, that's my take. I loved it. Was yeah. it perfect? No. Was, was it great for, I think the fandom? Yeah. One out of 10 lightsabers. What do you give it? Ooh, one to 10, one, yeah. one to 10. Ooh, I'm going to, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go, uh, eight and a half lightsabers. <laughs> so like, so you have one lot, you have eight long lightsabers and then like a dagger lightsaber, right? Besides. Yeah. Like it's okay. Like one of them shorter. They're not the same. Okay. Like- Okay. Nice. Yeah. There you go. I'm getting away with it. Daniel. All right. Your minute 30 second plus hot take oversight of this show and, and where you sit with it. Go for it. Okay. Uh, This is everything that I've wanted out of star Wars sequel to the original trilogy. Uh, Pacing was a problem Mm -hmm. and I wish they had taken the budget they used on eight episodes and made a two-hour movie out of it. Yeah. I think that would have worked better, and that's okay. Um, but I loved the villains. I loved the uh, characters. I couldn't decide between whether it was better than The Mandalorian huh. or not. Um, but I think they're, they're very different shows. The Mandalorian, you almost go a whole season without seeing any lightsabers at all. In Star Wars... Star Wars, you have you want Jedi's, you want to see Jedi's, but The Mandalorian yeah. introduced a whole new world of Star Wars that worked really well, that didn't rely on Jedi's. Um, and now this show almost almost had too much lightsabers. I didn't find <laughs> didn't find all of the duels terribly engaging. Um, okay. Okay. But the last two episodes, I thought were just perfect, and it was a perfect ending. Left it open. Um, but, uh, in a way where I look forward to seeing what's, what's going to happen next, but I was also satisfied enough that I don't feel like, uh, um, I have to know right now what, what's going to happen. So that's, that was my fear. I was afraid it was going to be this huge cliffhanger and it kind of was, and we're going to have to yeah. wait a long time to see what happens. <laughs> and that's kind of true, but it, it also kind of ended on a, a positive note, at least as far as character development goes. 
Nice. Yeah, and I can't wait for recaps with Dan. And every time Ahsoka crosses her arms, you you have something you're going to say, or a huff, or a, or just a sigh, or something's going to happen there. I, you know. Uh, <laughs> Probably yeah. That. yeah, probably that. All right. Um, one out of ten lightsabers. What what do you give it, Dan? Uh, uh I'm gonna go I'm gonna go eight, which okay. is higher than a lot of Star Wars that exist right now. Yeah, there you go. Good one. Nice, nice. All right, Kevin, share with us your minute thirty second plus. Um Hot take thoughts. Your your avatar for systematic ecology is is Kanan. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a Star Wars rebel. He's in that universe. His son shows up in Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. He has force abilities. So there you are, standing there with your lightsaber. Uh, what what do you what, what are your thoughts on this show? Yeah, I mean, going in, I mean, like Kanan is my avatar. I have an Ahsoka keychain on my wheelchair. Met Ashley Eckstein. So very much invested in particularly like this era. And I would say easily the highlight of the show was the episode in the world between worlds with, and if, I mean, you're Dana, you were talking about budget wise, like, yeah, if they had the budget for that episode across the border, oh my gosh, that would be, cause like that was definitely the height, but, uh, but yeah, like both of you, I did really enjoy it. There are certainly flaws and, um, you know, that like the, the pacing and everything. And it's more in the finale. I would, it does like, it leaves it on a big cliffhanger and, there's some interesting stuff that happens, but you know, I, uh, the only thing I thought was missing there was more of the dramatic weight that could have been there. It's like, you know, they kept saying like, cause I, I think, you know, well, you brought up the idea of people who haven't watched Clone Wars or Rebels and are watching this. I'm trying to put myself in the perspective of viewers like that, because yeah. from their end, they hear, Oh, Thrawn is such a big threat. Oh, this is horrible. But I don't know if that's as conveyed as well as it could be here. Because it's like Lars Mikkelsen is great. All the actors are fantastic. And, you know, you get like tidbits, but it felt like it should have been a, a more heavy impact when Thrawn does make it out of Peridia and back to the main galaxy. And instead, like ah- Ahsoka at the end is like, no, we're right. We're supposed to be. I'm like, uh, this feel, I'm like, I don't know. For like, I take that two ways. For me, on one hand, it's like, no, you should be more terrified. But on another, she's clearly a more ethereal being at this point and is sort of like a white wizard. And maybe she has more insight than we do. And and with a lot of the imagery in that last episode, it's kind of setting it up like she could be a Mortis God. And that would be pretty awesome. And so like, because um, I mean, you were expecting going into the finale that they were all going to escape Peridia and then the war was going to happen and all that. But now... Ahsoka and Sabine are stuck here for at least a prolonged amount of time. And I'm interested in seeing where that will go. Um, but I know that's a little rambling there, but, um, but overall, no, I really did enjoy it. Uh, there's certainly flaws and I keep going back, whether I wanted this to be longer or, you know, Danny, you brought up like a movie. I, Cause I, I definitely think looking at some of those shows, Obi-Wan would have worked way better as a movie um, yeah. than as it, cause there was pacing there that was just like, I mean, I, I actually, I enjoyed Obi-Wan more than a lot. Um, but I think there was a lot of just like filler scenes there. Here, I think, you know, with Filoni's storytelling, he does better with longer arcs. And, you know, I, I realize they have a limit, more limited budget here than they do with an animated series. But nonetheless, I think it could have, this could have benefited from a couple more episodes, especially because like 
like we said, you know, it ended up raising more questions than it answered. And the big things like Balon Skull, I think, was a huge highlight of the season. And we still we have inklings of what his motivations are and what he wants to do. But it's still that leaves it totally open. And so I really am curious is like from here, are they going to make an Ahsoka season two or are they going to just go into Filoni's movie that was announced a little while ago at Star Wars Celebration? So that I'm all very curious about. Um, also, it just would have been chef's kiss if at the reunion at the end when Ezra reunites with Hera, why wasn't Zeb there and why wasn't Callus there? That would have been cool. Yeah. Um, but like, that was like, come on, you know, but, um, but still, oh, and Ezra was a major highlight, great actor there. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was really cool. Just seeing the seamless transition from these characters from animated to live action was very satisfactory. Uh, so overall, I give it, yeah, eight out of 10 lightsabers. So very strong, could have been improved still, but overall, yeah, I, Dana, like you said, it's like, this is like the sequel, um, like this whole era and, you know, the infamy, this is the sequel, like I think all of us wanted, you know, um, and there are a lot of things about the sequel trilogy I really like, it just, I don't, you know, that's a whole nother topic, but, um, but, uh, but here it really gets satisfies long-term fans and, yeah, I, I I don't really know how you watch this from start to finish without having watched any of Clone Wars or Rebels, but that's interesting. Yeah. I'm sure there were people. Nice. So the mystery here is, though, you know, we have two eights and the 8.5. Will Will bring up the average or down the average on lightsabers? Stay tuned after this commercial break. Nope, there's no commercials. We're just going to go right into this. I, I'm with you guys. I'm I'm with you. I thought this was peak Star Wars. I think Filoni understands the grandscape of the Star Wars universe, put the, all the keys in his hands of the storytelling moving forward. I, I, I totally trust him when it comes to telling a story. I do think I, I'm a little curious or I scratch my head a little bit when it comes to like editing and pacing issues with these shows. Obi-Wan had it. Sometimes Mandalorian had it for me. This one definitely had it. Um, it's it's Rebel season five, you know, is uh, with Ahsoka in there. I guess this season, right? There was four seasons of Rebels, and this is mm-hmm. yeah. this is the the fifth season. I, I I'm a huge fan of lightsabers, and so you could just throw them in every single episode, and and I will just eat it up. I've been that way since I was four and a half years old, and will continue to be so. <laughs> so I lightsabers show up. I'm I'm there and and love it. So. Um, I, I love the grand scope of the universe. I love the newer characters, uh, the legacy characters, if you call them legacy from from Rebels. I do think that at times it felt like a big setup for the next season or a movie. And that frust- has been frustrating me with some of the Disney Plus shows and some of Star Wars. I feel like they'll they'll do a setup and then they got to wait two or three years to answer some questions coming line. Or, and I, I just need like three or more sentences, three more narrations, a couple explanations, a couple, couple character moments where they have a heart to heart where it's not like, well, it's complicated. It's like, no, just have a conversation like your friends about why is it complicated? I wouldn't say right. that to my friend who I haven't seen in 20 years. I'd be like, hey, we need to have a conversation. Maybe you don't want to ruin the moment. Uh, you don't want to be a Debbie Downer or whatever, but but I feel like there could be some conversation in there that would have helped the storyline. All in all, man, cool moments. Episode five, the baptismal imagery, the Anakin flight. I think the series peaked with episode five and then everything else was just kind of, you know, uh, icing on the cake. I, I did feel like the the finality, uh, the finale. Um, fell a little flat for me because I knew the cliffhanger was coming. I think it could have used two more episodes, make it yeah. 10 episodes. And then there, there you have, it. or make it to a movie. Um, I know that they, um, they're going to have a big, 
challenge on their hands with what to do with Balin because the actor who played him uh, passed away. And so what do you do um, with that character in terms of recasting, kill him off screen, you have conversation, you do an animated short about him, uh, all those things. They, I, I don't envy what they have to do to tell his story and what's going on next. The potential that I've been thinking about, you know, we have the baptismal imagery. I'm a good Lutheran. Uh, you know, Orthodox Christianity says, what do you baptize in the name of the father, son, the Holy spirit. So Mortis is there and, and you have a father, you have a son, you have a daughter, man at the end. All right, y'all we're talking about a soga. If you're still hanging in with us and there's spoilers, sorry, but there's Anakin, this force ghost at the very end staring. What if he's the father? And then he invites Ahsoka to be the daughter and then either Balin or maybe you could even have Luke uh, be the son. And you have this kind of Trinitarian mortis force thing. And that explains a lot of why Ahsoka's not there in the sequel trilogy. She is a part of that mortis Trinitarian um, entanglement that's happening there with the force in, um, in, in this show. So there's, there's a lot of potential there. Uh, Balin's goal and his, um, I know I'm going long, way longer than two, a minute and a half, uh, um, hot take, but, uh, we can build, build off this. The, um, Balin as this kind of gray, not Jedi, not Sith, but a Boken, um, Boken Jedi is what they're calling it, uh, kind of in some circles, which is, it's interesting to me. I, I want to go more into that. We're in this kind of zeitgeist of the day is deconstruction, reconstruction, uh, spiritual but not religious, the the problems, and rightfully so, about the system of or, uh, organized religion. What does that mean for, for Jedi as well? All that's there in the show has potential, but I feel like a lot of that stuff, we had to fill in the gaps. So I'm going to give this show, because of the many, many, many lightsabers that it had going on, I'm giving it, I'm giving it an 8.25. So I have eight full-size lightsabers, and then I have that little carving knife on the Family Guy parody uh, lightsaber where he cuts the turkey with uh, the small lightsaber. So that's that's what I'm giving it. Um, I think if you fill in the gaps a little bit more, um, it would go up to a 9 and 10 because I do. I think the show had some really cool moments. I just wished it flowed a little tighter. Uh, for me. Um, all right, fellas. So with this show, what what are some hanging themes out there? We'll chime in. Got a few extra minutes. Some themes out there uh, that really um, impressed you, that you were uh, really excited about, geeked out on, or um, wish they filled in a little bit more. Uh, Daniel, what what about you? What what is um, what is about the show that's going to stand out at the end of the day? What's going to be memorable for you, or or disappointing? Oh, sure. Well, I think the relationship between Ahsoka and Sabine throughout the show, mm-hmm. um, I found interesting about the tension at the beginning, uh, kind of fought a lot. Um, and then Ahsoka, Ahsoka goes through her, her moment and they're reunited and just the kind of um, grace and compassion she, she yeah. shows Sabine there once they're reunited, which I mm-hmm. think was is what helped Sabine kind of unlock her connection to the, because you watch her, I don't know, this is, is being a little bit nitpicky. Oh, there's another one. Hey, what's up? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Family happens y'all. When we do on podcasts and live family happens. I Star Wars is family. Star Wars is about family. And there we are. I swear I they're, they're waiting for me to hit record so that they can walk <laughs> in and interact. Um, I love but it. I, I think it was, Ahsoka's uh, kind of forgiveness and compassion that helped Sabine kind of unlock her connection to the Force, even though, and I'm surprised I haven't heard more people complain, 
um, and call Sabine a Mary Sue, no. the way that she was all of a sudden able to help um, uh, help me out. What's his name? Shoot. Ezra. Wow, Ezra. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. 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 Jump, make that huge jump. All of a sudden, she's like, boom, got it. But you know what? It's yeah. a, it's a, it's an emotional story. It's, a, it, this is, this is about the characters and their emotional journey. And uh, that is how the storytellers chose to uh, uh, develop the characters. And I'm okay with that. But I, I, yeah, that was my favorite thing. I, I will say most of Star Wars focuses on the Padawan in the story. Um, with kind of a mentor in the background. This show seemed to be primarily about the mentor. Um, um, and I almost I almost wonder if it would have worked better if it focused on Sabine more than um, the Ahsoka character. But honestly, it has its flaws, but I had so much fun. I'm, I'm not, I, like, I don't even care about the flaws because I, I enjoyed it so much. That's a good posture. Good, good posture with this kingdom. Yeah, I'm with you. I think their relationship, you know, at the beginning it was a little slow and they made you wonder, but I think, I think there was a good payoff there at the end and uh, her growing in the force and not being able to use it. And the, uh, we have this, this droid who's like, oh yeah, you, you suck with the force pretty much. But then eventually at the end, it taps into it. And I think it was, you're right. That family, that connection, the the love and grace and compassion with that, that eventually led to that. I, I had a little problem with her being stabbed and then like surviving and two days later being up right. and gone. I'm like, what's going on? Qui-Gon's over in the corner going, come on y'all. Uh, but, but I do think that, um, uh, her character growth, uh, she, she was fantastic and, and a big part of that. I love Loved her, so that's that's good stuff. I love that. Um, yeah, yeah, Dean. Can I can I just say the beginning of uh, at the beginning of the show uh, when Sabine was stabbed and then was okay a few days later was especially annoying in the finale when um, uh, they killed when Ahsoka killed the witch and it seemed like a couple slashes across the belly and then she yeah. was dead. That, yeah. that, that was okay. You know, I I did have a blast, but that was really annoying. Yeah, if you're gonna have zombie troopers, man, you can decapitate her right in front of uh, everybody. Like that's not too graphic for a Star Wars family. Why not? Let's just make her she's dead, really dead. Uh, that, <laughs> that's what's going on. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Here we have a uh, host of the show, friend of the show, uh, Christian. He gives it um, eight point five. Man, that is is going up there. Would have preferred Ahsoka to be more of a character in her show, but uh, big. Sabine, I, I'm, I'm being force sensitive, but Thrawn and Ezra were perfect. Loved Balin. Um, and uh, yeah, fun overall. Good, good stuff. Yeah, Christian, we're with you. We're pretty much on the same page. And he's a huge Star Wars fan. I, he's not a, he doesn't like the sequel trilogy as much. We're kind of, you know, we're, we're somewhat in the same camp with that. But man, I'm glad to see Ahsoka uh, won him over there. Um, cool. I also, I want to come back on that comment on Christian's like, I agree that I actually don't think Sabine should have been force sensitive because it was just like, I like her as Ahsoka's apprentice and I really enjoyed that relationship, but it felt cheap just to have that moment that you were all expecting of like, you know, she's being choked by a zombie stormtrooper and then she discovers she's force sensitive after this whole time of um, accepting that she's not because I did just to me, that would have been so much more interesting to have a character who, can still be, you know, like, I guess, aligned with the Force and train under a Jedi, uh, but doesn't have to be Force-sensitive to wield a lightsaber and to contribute. Yeah. It was, to me, it was the same mistake that the sequel trilogy made with 
I love that they initially had Ray as just a nobody and not connected to any legacy families. And then they immediately backtracked that on that in Rise of Skywalker. That's what it kind of felt like here. It was just like, oh, she became force sensitive because the plot demanded it uh, in the finale. So that just felt a little like it wasn't an insult to her character. It just felt a little cheap that that's how they did it. And I think it would have actually been cooler because she is such a resourceful character and so has so many other skills that like in that scene where she's being choked by the stormtrooper and she realizes she can't use the force, then grabs a gun or something and um, or Ezra helps her or whatever, you know, like um, I just felt like it was too just thrown in there at the end that, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll no. stick with you, Kevin. What um, what was there a moment that that grabbed you, or a per- certain theme that happened, or maybe there was something you wish to do a little bit more of? What 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 say you? I mean, I really loved you know episode five, and uh, I mean everything about the world between worlds because that was really because uh, before that, you know, Ahsoka only learns in Rebels season two that Anakin became Vader, and we never really right. got to see her wrestle with that revelation because then. She was, you know, technically dead for a little while. And then Ezra saves her from the world between worlds. But we never got to see her wrestle with that reality. And I really loved what that episode did. Um, And she could, I liked it because she saw, I I think she had this fear that, oh no, she's going to turn into the same thing because her master ended up becoming the darkest Sith Lord in the galaxy. And then she realizes in that episode that despite Anakin's fall, he was still... Anakin when he knew when she knew him and she can still chart her own path and her own destiny and so that's what I really and it connects so well to the Morta saga and all of that so that's why I really liked I was most drawn to like her journey into Balin's because Balin has a similar thing again I wanted to see more of that um and I'll answer quickly like what they I mean just this is totally just my opinion of what they to do with um because rest in peace ray stevenson i think he was yeah. phenomenal and like yep. he's done some great roles. he's one of those actors who like yeah he was never one of a, a household name but he's done some great roles in his career and i was really sad when he passed but mm-hmm. um i think it's one of those roles i think i i mean i don't uh, not that i can speak for him but i feel like he would be okay with recasting because it was an unfortunate timely de- untimely death and you know they've d- built off this character a lot and I just think it would be cheap just to kill him off because it's a, he's one of the more really interesting characters of he doesn't like the Jedi or the Sith and he's trying to get to the origins of the Force yeah. itself. And I think that's too interesting a narrative. And I've seen on social media, people have suggested Liev Schreiber would be a great um, a recast there. And I, th- mm-hmm. I think that would be great. Um, so I, I don't think it would be insulting to his memory to recast because I think he did a great job creating that character. And I don't think and I think it's built up too well to where I would want it uh, continued. Yeah, I I think um, I think I was thinking about this today. Like they've done so much with like the computer generated um, CGI with mm-hmm. Leia and and Luke and Han and um, oh man, I can't believe I'm forgetting. I'm a Star Wars fan. The original Admiral uh, from the first movie that they did in Rogue One. Like what's his face? Um, oh, with um, Tarkin. Tarkin. Yeah. yeah. I can't want to say Thrawn, but it's Tarkin. The yeah. original Th- uh, Thrawn Tarkin, uh, like what they've done with like CGI on the face and de-aging, like they could, maybe his family, maybe 
Ray Stevenson's family and be like, yeah, you can use his image and do some AI and do some uh, CGI stuff with him. And he can come and be in this kind of other world force, um, world between worlds and have a conversation with his Padawan and talk about what he discovered. And, you know, a good, good five minute conversation of, of him sitting on a log explaining the force would be, would be all I need. Uh, that would, that would be cool. So yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. So we'll, we'll see what they do with that. And I do think, um, again, this gray force, not force, uh, um, or, or Star Wars, the original trilogy is so binary, dark and light, uh, rebels against the empire. And then they've tried to play around with, uh, may, maybe the true balance of the force is way to handle the dark and light side together at the same time. And I think Mortis does that. Dawn of the Jedi that we just had a conversation with does that. And then in that episode five, you have Anakin who's there flashing Sith eyes and, uh, uh, doing like batting his eyelashes with a blue lightsaber in the next moment. Uh, and so maybe he can control both. He has a balance of dark and light within him and he can teach Ahsoka um, uh, to do that and a way to handle that. It doesn't have to be so binary that there can be a balance within oneself and in the universe. And they may play around with that in Dawn of the Jedi as, as well, because they did that in the novel and they did it in the, in the comics that we just had a conversation about. So I'm, I'm curious what, what that would, what that would look like. Um, all right. Um, James, I know we got to get a look here in a minute. I could talk about all day. What, what is it? Uh, what's a theme? What is something that stuck out for you that you can remember and, and hold on to? Yeah. Um, the whole mystical side of the force that hasn't been fully explored, particularly the magics of the night yeah. sectors. Um, just the, an, a, a different sort of path and way into tapping in or communing with the force. That's what most intrigues me. Yeah. So the whole time, um, maybe not the whole time, the last two episodes, I uh, was, was getting some very uh, like very serious wonderings about whether the characters from the star Wars Jedi uh, fallen order and survivor were going to intersect somehow um, yeah, because Marin from that series is supposedly the last of the night sisters of Dathomir and that final shot of Thrawn pulling up on um, Dathomir. That's the first place he goes. That was the first time I think we'd seen Dathomir live action, yeah. even, even just from a distance and um, a bunch of fans on the internet uh, took close-ups of the higher the um, hieroglyphics on Peridia, and they match okay. up with the Zepho hieroglyphics that they found um, on Dathomir and um, <laughs> in some other places in the galaxy. So there, there, it, it has left me wondering um, what, what if any of an intersection it's going to be with that crew. They're currently like lost in a, in a, like a pocket galaxy right now. Um, so they have some intergalactic sort of vibes going on as well. And so I just wonder about that mystical connection um, with, with the force that Dathomir has and mm -hmm. about that set of characters, if there's going to be any intersection. The third game has sort of been confirmed by <laughs> um, Cameron Monaghan, the main actor who who does Cal Kestis, he said that they're in development. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think that a Filoni movie is what comes next. I think I think there needs to be some more setup that's done. Um, and I'm just interested to see how all of all of these different projects 
because I originally thought the games were sort of on their own wavelength, but with this series, I'm increasingly sort of wondering if they're going to get thrown in connected somehow. So that's, that's my wondering. Yeah. Uh, wondering what, what comes next, you know, how they're going to tell more of this story, obviously more story to be told. They left you out there. What, what is it going to be? Is it going to be video games? It's going to be another season. Is it going to be a movie. I think the writer's strike um, plays a big role in that. What they do with um, actors who have passed away and what's going on next and how they sign. They there's, they're throwing these curveballs all the time. And that's why I wish in these series, they would tell more because it's like, you have a limited amount of time, a little amount of money, tell all that you can do, do everything you can do. Uh, let's not wait another two or three or four years. Um, um, pack it in there but that's that's me just wanting more star wars and that's that's kind of where where my fandom is but but yeah overall uh fantastic show a uh, lot to digest there um i definitely will go back and rewatch not every t um star wars tv streaming series i go back and rewatch a couple episodes couple scenes uh, but i do think i'll go back and rewatch this all the way through and and see what see what happens next and, and with me there so Good, good stuff. All right. Well, um, a little bit more time. Uh, so there it is. Let's talk next. All right. Let's see. We're going to do. All right. Uh, Loki season two, episode one. This is the only MCU streaming TV show uh, that gets a second season or has a second season. They've rolled out a lot of seasons of expanding MCU through the streaming services and and try to play around with a lot of things. Here we go. There's other um properties and characters who are rumored to have more seasons uh there's miss um, marvel's going to get a whole movie here in about a month uh to build on her story um but but loki season two episode one um man i'm just gonna not bury the lead i i love this first episode i loved loki season one i thought it was fresh i thought it was different i loved what they do with the character bringing him out of you know he's not the one who's all the way through 10 movies they pluck a uh, loki out of um, the original avengers movie and and so he had this guy has some character arc and growth to go and so we're going to watch him go through that and the whole like timeline multiverse variants uh the tva Season one, I, I just enjoyed so much and couldn't wait to see what happens in season two. And here in episode one, they pick up exactly, exactly where they left off. There's no time gap, you know, playing around with time. There's no time gap. We're not seeing him 10 years, 20 years later, whatever. They just pick right up to where it's going. And I was really excited about, about that. Kevin, I know, hasn't seen this, but he doesn't care about spoilers. Um, and so, Dan, uh, initial thought of of Loki, uh, season two, episode one. How How did it hit for you? All right. It was fun. Fun. It was, uh, uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Didn't, didn't hit hard. Um, really enjoyed the, the, uh, introduction of, uh, short rounds character. What's yeah. the, uh, the, the actor's name? Yeah. I'm Nobody so bad. Knows. I'm, so, I'm so bad. I'm so bad with that. Someone can chime in the comments. We can get, yeah, I know him by his characters that he played in other movies. Uh, but, yep. but his, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm bad with that. He was, he was great Kiwi. in the whole. Kiwi Kwan. Kiwi Kwan. Kiwi Kwan. You're looking for the actor's okay. name. Cool. Yeah. Yes. He was great in the whole sequence of um, uh, him talking uh, to uh, Owen Wilson's character. Mobius. Yeah. Wow. I'm glad you said that. I almost wow. embarrassed myself and said Morbius. And that is not the <laughs> That's same. That's a matchup thing. we're all waiting for. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, and then talking to Loki in the past, and he's he's developing this new thing and then realizing in the in the present, like, oh yeah, I do have that action. Uh, that, that was a lot of fun. 
Um, the MCU, they need to figure something out. Yeah. Because I'm, I am usually very, even if it's not like a nine out of 10, you know, I'm like, I enjoy that. I enjoyed Shang-Chi. I even enjoyed Dr. Strange, uh, too. Um, but, but they, they don't seem to have as many connecting threads. And I think they lost it at the introduction of a bunch of TV shows. So, but I'll keep watching it. Um, not for the same reasons that I'll keep watching Star Wars, but they're fun to watch. They're just, they're just fun. I enjoy them. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you with I'm with you. I think we're on the same page with that. I think um there was such a build up with 10 years of movies and they're headed somewhere and with with Thanos and they're they all connected just the same way I read the comics and there's shared universe that are connected with each other when leading up to a big event. Um I feel like as of late it was kind of what's next. They're throwing some curveballs again with COVID and what to do with these actors and what's happening next. I think they had some plans and I also think when it came to Loki season one, it built uh, he who remains uh, Kang was built for Ant Man that was what they're going to build on next but i think there's some some problems with that actor these days and so not sure if it's canceled or not or what's going on uh but yeah kang would be an awesome uh person to revolve around in terms of the big villain and and what's happening next i feel like what they've tried to express what the multiverse is or isn't when it comes to strange and and uh spider-man and then with loki they're, they're kind of all over the place, but this particular show in and of itself. Yeah. I, I, I had fun. It was a blast. I, I could watch that over and again, just for the acting itself. So uh, James, you watched it. What, um, what, what was your first, where did it hit you? Um, so I was just going to say that there's not a, a ton. I feel like we could even spoil from this episode. Like not, right. not a lot happened. Um, <laughs> not a lot yeah. happened, but I, I loved it still. Like I loved this episode. I felt like it was a strong start. Sort of, sort of what Christian said. Um, in the comments as well, you know, it, the actors are great. Um, it was mm-hmm. a fun trying to watch Loki sort through himself getting, you know, displaced in time and, and pulled back and forth and, and having those conversations yeah. was great, yeah. was great character development more than anything else. Introducing Ouroboros is the character's mm-hmm. name. Yep. Um, he was a great character and I'm excited Obi. to see Obi, Wait. not Obi Wan, but yeah. just Obi. Obi, yeah. yeah. Excuse yeah. me, Obi. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with that. Yeah, and and this was really the question for me. Um, again, it's around Jonathan Majors as Kang, and yeah. you know they he he didn't show up in this episode at all. There was like one flashback of he he remains. Mm-hmm. Um, but they could have done some things. Um, you know, you saw his sort of facade in some of the settings that would have been a great time to start making that change. I mean, I feel like that's CGI stuff that they yeah. could have could have begun to edit out, find a new actor. So I, I don't know what they're going to do with that because he's just so, that character is so pivotal. I mean, the easy way out is, you know, he has many variants. The variants don't all have to look identical, whatever. We, we can do that. Um, that could be the easy way out, but you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I was, I was hooked into season two with this episode. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes, um, and how they can sort of start tying some of this stuff together. I mean, I just think the MCU got too ambitious in general. They try to do too many, go in too many different directions too quickly. And as a result, didn't do any of it particularly well. Yeah, and, and like I think I think the best Phase Four project for me personally was Shang Chi. Um, that was a great yeah. movie. That was a great origin story movie, and they've nailed that formula. Um, okay. And when they stick to that formula, it's great. Um, but when they want to sort of begin to move beyond that into some sort of un un uh, 
uncharted territory here. Um, it, it, some of the stuff that works in the comics, they're just going to have to do some different things to make it work live action. Yeah. Can I, can I just say real quick, sure. it's funny that the two shows we're watching, we're talking about recasting major characters for very different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. Good, good, good clarification. Fair enough. Yeah. And I, there was a moment in the show where he drives and, and his car like scrapes the side of the statue, you know, he starts to crumble and I'm like, Oh, yeah. there's an image of like this particular person, yeah. this particular actor, this thing is, is crumbling. Is this, are they going to try and do something new with this? But you know, the end of season one, there was a, um, you know, a different variant of him back in time in like the 1920s or turn of the century or whatever. And he's going to show up this season. So right. he's, he, sure. they, they've definitely locked him sure. down. He's going to act in this. They didn't recast him for that's that. Right. So that yeah. That's going to happen. But I, um, I, I loved, um, I think what, what I'm taking away from this initial, we're, we're, we're right back where we started, um, where the, where the last season ended, they're going to build upon what they've already told. And the same actors that I loved in season one are back for season two. So let's tell some more story. And then I think what really struck with me is there's a point of like Mobius and Hunter B-15. They're having this conversation about like everything they knew um, is, is not right. And so they're like, do we, we need to tell everybody, we need to tell everybody. And, and Mobius, uh, Owen Willis is like, yeah, what do you do when you tell everybody everything they're doing is wrong and their gods are dead? W what, what do you think is going to happen? And so that, that is a question, you know, with that, that our society is asking too, whether you're constructing, deconstructing, reconstructing this whole, like what this, this questioning, am I doing, what am I doing? Is it right? Is it wrong? And what happens when my gods die? And I, and, and what, where do I go next? So these big existential questions are, are there. And then I find it super ironic that Loki, the God of mischief and lies is the only one who's telling the truth and trying to reveal the truth to, to ever all his friends in this particular show. So that character element of the God of mischief and lies um, really trying his, his darndest uh, to express truth to, to his friends and see what happens next in this timeline branching. So for me, that is super interesting. It's the hook that's going to keep me coming back uh, to the show. And, and man, when it's all said and done, it's only six episodes and, and so when it's said and done, we'll flip back around what's new and we'll have the same conversation about how the finale went and what's next. And uh, there is an end credit scene. Ahsoka had no end credit scenes, y'all. Um, and uh, but but Logie has a mid end credit scene uh, that, that was pretty rad about 1982 um, uh, McDonald's. And um, uh, what, I mean, I can't believe I'm Brockton, uh, uh, Oklahoma. Right. No, Brocksville. What was the town? Oh, man. Ryan Doze is going to kill me. Um, but it's, it's a town that has um, big kind of uh, Thor legendary comic book um, uh, lore uh, because Asgard came down to, to this particular town in Oklahoma for a while and settled on Earth on, on Midgard. And so um, the fact that she landed there in this town in Oklahoma, um, all the comic book geeks were like, yeah, I know that, that whole meme of – pointing to the screen, you know, and going, I know that one is, uh, uh it, all the comic book nerds were doing that. So, yep. Um, Roxton, Roxton, there you go. 
There is, there he is, Christian coming through in the comments. All right, y'all, we have to wrap this one up. I thank my friends here. Thank you for helping me process these things I love and uh, going deeper uh, in the midst of all this. We invite our listeners and fans and those who, you know, maybe maybe they just listen because they're doing dishes and they need something to listen to. Chime in on the comments, share with your friends, smash that like button. Um, also, uh, connect with us. Uh, we have a Patreon, uh, all the social medias. Come connect with us. We love to love to hang with you. And so, so yeah. As always, I want you to remember. I want you to remember that the force is with you always. So share the faith, share the geek, y'all. We love you. Peace. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.